Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, the first podcast of the year 2018, staring at the Ouija board. So uh, I've been doing the show for a long time now, and um, today's guest, this is the first time that I've ever brought a former student onto the show. The reason that I'm bringing this guy onto the show is because even at a young age, I think I was probably in my like late 20s when I first met him, and he was just a, a young young man. Um, I could tell at an early age that he had this like type of intelligence that you only see in certain circles, groups of people, and it's a type of intelligence where it's like um, they see this world, they see the next world, and maybe the one that's after that. In other words, they, they think outside the box, and they're open to thinking, and they stand apart from their peers, and for me, I always enjoy not only working with students like that, but meeting people like that, and I feel as if those are the types of people that you can learn from, and Quite frankly, those are the types of people that I like to be around, um, especially on the, on the Bobcast. I, I like to bring people onto the show who have um, a worldly view, not just of themselves, but their peers and the current state of affairs in this crazy world we live. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Bobcast, Mr. Joey Stingle. How Thank are you, you, Stingle? Good. About yourself. When did I first, like, when was I your teacher? Like, what year? Like, well, like, I, it's funny because my brother and I were talking about it before. It all blends to me. Kinda yeah. Like, sticks together. Well, it's funny because. I don't know what your perception of it is, but in uh, 2007, maybe. I yeah, think 27 school, I was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. School of Rock came out. Yeah. And there's a scene in it where Jack Black walks through yeah. the school and he's got, you know, your length hair, yeah. like short length hair, and he's wearing a long coat and a huge scarf. Yeah. And you started subbing right around that time. <laughs> and you walked through the hall and my, I think, I didn't think I had you at first, but my brother might have had you. And he's like, did you see that guy? He looks like Jack Black in School of Rock. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I did. And and then you were my teacher, like, I think, like, maybe a couple times. A month or maybe a year was after I that. Was I in your classroom, or was it just, you were, like, I was, was this the, this is the middle school? Or the was middle this? school. You oh, something. God. The That's right. It was the middle school. And your mom, your mom worked there, and we, we used to talk about you. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I, I remember you guys, and I remember, uh, I think, I, I started teaching when I was 24, so 24, 25. I was teaching for three years. Okay. And then I distinctly remembered when School of Rock came out because I was in a rock and roll band. I had a van. Yeah. <laughs> would drive the van to school, um, which was, like, really... It was it was hard not to, like, show up to campus not looking, like, you know, shaggy and the Scooby Snacks, you know, arriving right. in the minivan and stuff like that, you know. But uh, I remember, like, uh, those times really well, too. Um the thing that was cool about those years too, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You were about like what, like twelve, thirteen years old at that point, yeah, 14, right? 15, somewhere around. So like, I think one of the themes that we talk. I mean, I, I'm about to finish Black Mirror, so I'm all about like technology and how technology has completely either a improved us or screwed us over. Right. What is your recollection of being like a like a thirteen, fourteen year old boy with technology? What was it like for you? Well, I mean, it was kind of. It was interesting. I was in like an interesting thing because we didn't have a lot. Like my brother and I mm-hmm. shared a cell phone since, you know, I think I got my first cell phone at seventeen. Wow. And we, he and I shared. That's a cell right. Phone. You were yeah. you were on the cuff about stuff even back in the day. I remember that you were like, I don't know if I should get that. I, yeah. You know, minimal minimalization is kind of like a cool way of living in a way. But, yeah. So that's interesting. So like two guys on one cell phone. Yeah. So it was like we had to decide who took it. Mm-hmm. So if we were both going out, one of us had it. And that was the way to check in back home. But it was a, it was the best phone. It was a Samsung phone. Um, it was a flip phone. It was that thing was indestructible. I actually yeah. one time I was in a hot tub, forgot it was in my pocket for a good half an hour, took it out and ordered a pizza. Oh my god! It was Did that, it th- that thing was see today's dripping age, water. Yeah, yeah, it'd be dead like on arrival unless you buy like the thousand dollar iPhone and stuff like that. But yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight too was like the beginning. I, I feel as if that is right around the time when technology just. It, even if you didn't want it, it forced itself upon you. It's almost right. like it was like a techno- technological rape of the human mind in a way. It was just like you have to, yeah. you have to have an iPhone. Right. If you don't have an iPhone, you're gonna miss out on everything. It was yeah, it was kind of weird because it, right at that time, for in my perception mm-hmm. at least, it was like technology was kind of just for us, for kids and for younger people. So point. maybe yeah. like twelve to like twenty five. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, bands had musical MySpace, but then you had personal MySpace pages and. Yeah. That was all kind of there. MySpace had a custom, customizable aspect 
it was it, it did and also too like uh, I've mentioned it here before for like musicians or bands who now are like knee deep in boosting themselves or like you know having to pay right. to get an audience MySpace was just you were there mm-hmm. you were you were on the same page as like the gorillas or like Beck like right. and you know what I mean like you could have that audience find you whereas today that you know tech, the, the technology has made it difficult for bands yeah. in a way just the same way it was like you know I guess in the '90s when you had to get your demo tape into somebody's hand, now but now you have to pay. Yeah. But so that's interesting to me. That, so it's like the thing that you said right there was like you know it did feel like technology was just for the kids. Yeah, it was. And then it kind of like spawned into this like just monster in a way. Yeah, it was kind of like um, I always think like because I have a degree in advertising, so mm-hmm. I always think about it with the way things have changed. So you know mm-hmm. like. Um, Back in the day, you had a business, you had to print brochures and everything, mm-hmm. you had to find a printer, and nowadays you can just go on the internet, and anyone yeah. can print anything, and that's not even what you need anymore, you need a website now. You need a website, a yeah. Um, and how quickly but, it changed. Right, and everything that goes along with that, um, it seems like once technology hit a certain point, and it was accessible to everyone, you mm-hmm. know, the median age of Facebook users is like 48 now. Like that's how, like that's and they're all over it. Yeah, they're they're into it. Yeah, we're kinda, actually, our I, generation's kind of past it. We're kind of like yeah, we're done with it. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm writing a story uh, right now, uh, a new screenplay um, that deals with that. The kids in the future are so over social media that they're onto this new thing that I can't disclose because it's just too good of an idea, and I don't want to give it out. But right. like, eventually, I do feel as if it will become the old person's game. Right. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, all these things would be like, oh, I ain't doing that. That's for the old timers. You know what I mean? Because there'll yeah. be something new, obviously, that comes along. Could be like, you know, augmented reality or like something, but everything gets old to an audience after a while. But it is funny, like uh, the older generation, how weird they get with Facebook. I just had to block somebody last night on Facebook, oh, really? man. Yeah, I won't say his name on here, but like he's sending me strange shit, dude. I'm just like, dude, what is this? Yeah. Then he sent me a link, and like you know, I looked at the link, and it was like one of those like you know dot ppbg, you know, like weird. I'm like, what is this? This spam, dude? Like that's it, dude. And I'm just like, ugh. But it's it's funny how like, you know, like uh, like when I was a kid, and I, I feel as if like you kind of share this too. Like your like your generation was like right there at the end of like you know like what real life used to be. Like yeah, I I noticed uh. When Stingle arrives to this podcast today, he uh, rolled up in a Volkswagen Bug, a Beetle. 72? 72, yeah. 72. So I love Volkswagen Bugs. My friend Drew had one, uh, and we drew, we drove around everywhere in that thing. And, I mean, we had he had one of the, uh, do you know what a suicide? Um, the suicide knob? Yeah, yeah. He had it. Yeah. And I remember just thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, the oh, shit, like, I got to yeah. get out of here. But I always sat in shotgun and, like, you know, in, like, the, the glove compartment had, like, a little handle. Yeah, yeah. It's still got, like, yeah, yeah. I always hold on to the handle, like, here we go. But, like, I mean, that is, like, something that's, you know, it's it's from the old school, but at the same time, it's it's still retro, it's still new to people. But, like, your generation, my generation, like, we both kind of grew up in the same way that we were, we were involved with each other, per se, where it was communication. Like, right. like a podcast now, but it was, like, in the lunchroom wasn't everyone looking down, clicking it on buttons and... I think actually when I taught you, like cell phones were like prohibited. Like you weren't even allowed to have them. Yeah, Maybe was, like nine eleven, kind of like people were like, oh well, we my kids need to have, yeah, their cell phone. They need to have it. But I remember distinctly like subbing and being like, oh, you can't have your cell phone out. Yeah, it was it was yeah. weird. We're, we kind of my my age and people around me, we kind of grew up in this weird media with school, especially with school mm-hmm. where it was like. You could have something until it was banned. You could have something until it was banned. Yeah. Like we, like we could have cell phones for a while, and then they were banned, and then you couldn't use them. Yeah. And so we kind There's of a lot the, of things like that too. What was these things called? Remember the, uh, the snap bracelets. The snap bracelets. Yeah, I forget what. Like I, I, re- I had that. I think your generation had that too as well. And then somebody got cut. Yeah. And because you know you the do metal, it so much, yeah. the cloth came off in the metal, like might like made somebody <laughs> right. bleed out to death. But yeah, that is it's interesting point. Like you can enjoy something until it's banned. Yeah. It's like Fahrenheit 451, like the book burnings, which is going right. to be an HBO uh, movie now, I just Re- read. Really? Yeah, they, it's been, they've been trying to make it for years. Mel Gibson was like, I'm going to make this. It's one of my favorite books growing up because it's, it's a book uh, about burning books in the future, so it's very meta, but uh, apparently it comes out this year. And it's still Mel Gibson? No, I admit he, he's oh, gone he's now. That's that. changed since his uh, anti-Semitic rants probably. Oh, okay. It's funny how his career, it's so weird. Like He was beloved 
in the '90s, like Braveheart. Like he was the number one he, guy. People didn't want him to be Australian. They wanted him to be American. Yeah. And then he got jousted. The same way, I guess. It's what we do. It's what America does to people. Right. We love to have the hero, but we love to pick watch on them fall. <laughs> watch them fall. We right. love it. We like crushing their dreams. You yeah. Know? I think we like that more than we actually like the like the Rocky comeback story. You oh, know what I, I mean? Think so. like, yeah. We love when someone's feeling like shit, and like we love like the media like scrutinizing it and just beating it to shit. But like with Mel, I mean, uh, he really, I mean, he was caught on tape saying it, and like you know, there's no excuse. But it's it's kind of strange that we're talking about that now too, because it's like we're also, I mean, today's what uh, Tuesday the sixteenth. Right. The president of the United States just called. Uh, um, third world country shitholes and you know and like it was funny like on CNN they didn't blurt it out oh really for one there was one day where they must have forgot to put the you know hashtag mark or whatever it just blatantly said shithole on the TV right I was just like oh my god man like what a world we live in you know like my son was born when Donald Trump was the president of the United States of America and we were just watching Back to the Future 2 I know that they make that correlation all the time Biff Tannen yeah. It is Biff Tannen, dude. Oh, you know? yeah. It is Biff Tannen. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, So, I mean, what's it like for, for you being a young man faced with this adversity in, like, politics and stuff like that? Because well, I remember, like, when when I was around, like, you know, with you guys, like, you know, it was, I mean, Bush was leaving office. Right, right. But it was weird, too, because it was like he won, he won two terms. Mm-hmm. Everyone scrutinized him because he, you know, obviously he didn't, you know, he invaded countries that didn't do anything wrong. Right. What was your, like, general, like, awareness of, like, the political culture 2007, 2008 when you were in the middle school? Well, it's it's funny. We were, again, we were kind of on that cusp because we were young enough. Um, my age specifically was, I was six. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, hold on, let me think. Uh, 1993 to 2001. Was that 11? I was... Eight or nine mm-hmm. when uh, the Twin Towers. Hey, what was that? Like? Let's go back to that actually. So that's funny you say that because from when I was your age, eight nine, the monumental thing in my life wasn't nine eleven. It was the Tim Burton Batman. Right. Movie. So right. what was that like being nine years old and seeing that like on the news? Well, it was. It's weird because you're that young, you don't care. But um, I mean, it sticks out in everyone's mind. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. But um, we. You know, I remember coming downstairs. School was on strike, so there was no school. That's right. In Colonial School District. And um, I come downstairs trying to watch cartoons and flipping through the channels, as you used to have to do mm-hmm. before, like, TV Guide. You'd flip through this to see what's on. This is the second week of school, too, right? If I'm recalling this correctly. This isn't the... F- you were supposed to be in school the previous week, right? Because 9-11 happened yeah. on a, a Tuesday, right? Right. Okay. So, yeah. so normal schools would have been in, but we were on... Mm-hmm. We were supposed to go to strike school and everything yeah. like that. And, um... So I'm flipping through the channels, and it's all I see is the Twin Towers, the Twin Towers, the Twin Towers. I finally get to Nickelodeon, and my aunt comes in the room. She's like, no, no, you got to put the news back on. you got to watch this, yeah. Yeah, and we had to watch it. But um, it's weird, because we grew up, we're right in that generation where we were vulnerable enough to kind of be shocked by it, mm-hmm. but not as much as an adult would have been horrified by it. And um, yeah. But we were also old enough to where people my age, you know, we had been on planes and been in airports before. You know, I had been on a plane before mm-hmm. 9-11, so... Um, it's weird that we're we have this memory that people after us. I just said it. My friend Lucas, his brother, turns eighteen this year. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't remember a world before nine eleven. He yeah. doesn't remember the world without security and without you know Columbine stuff like that. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah so he's just growing up in terror. Yeah. Right. Growing up that we have this mm-hmm. you know color coded terror system and two wars and all that stuff. So for us, we were. It's so bizarre to think that you know there'll yeah. be people who yeah. Yeah, we were we were old enough to see the divide, like to see adults disagree, mm. um, and especially with Bush was such a polarizing yeah. person and mm-hmm. a polarizing uh, um, government that, you know, from one time you could see someone that says you know have ten God bless America stickers on the back of their car to someone who has one twenty oh nine that was a big thing with that I remember that yeah yeah and um, it just it was it was weird it's weird to grow up in that. And to see both sides of it. It was yeah. very much a middle ground. That we'd see people who were older and understood all of it as much as you can. And mm-hmm. then to see people younger than us be oblivious to it. Yeah, desensitized in a way, right? Right. Just like when you like, grow up with so much violence, then when it occurs, right. do you have the same adverse reaction that somebody who's, you know, didn't grow up with the violence? It's, it's an interesting point there. It's like, 
like for me, like Columbine happened uh, ninety nine, right? And I rem- I graduated in ninety eight from PW, mm-hmm. so I was out of school for a whole year before that began, and I remember thinking like, oh, this is just this is just a one off, right? They're never gonna come do this shit again because this is just inhumane, right? These are bad kids. Um, they blame the Matrix. They blame Marilyn Manson. I remember really taking offense to it because I kind of like both of them. Right, um, right. I really liked The Matrix when I saw it. Um, Marilyn Manson, I was like turned off by at first, but then I realized, oh, it's just art, and it's like, right, you know, like art should be, like it should be dangerous, you know, like. So that was hard, but I do remember thinking to myself, oh, this won't happen again. Right. This is this is just a freak occurrence. Mm-hmm. These kids were troubled. Um, and the whole time I remember, like, I mean, I graduated from Temple, and I, actually, my first your your experience is watching Nickelodeon cartoons. It's my first week of college at Temple University, right? And I'm like walking up the camp. No, actually, I you know the crazy thing is, Stingle is like, I saw it on TV. Like mm-hmm. my dad woke me up. He's like, Bob, you gotta you gotta uh, watch this. Mm-hmm. I and like it was like eight twenty in the morning or something like that. And like right. I saw the first tower fall, and then I sat in bed and watched the second tower fall. My class didn't start till 11.40. And I don't know why, still to this day, I question myself, why the hell? I got in my car, went to the R6, got on the train to go to school. Right. I should have never left home. But it was just, I, you know, I was still a kid. I didn't know. I got down there to the school, got out of the train. I saw the, everyone's just gravitating towards, like, the, you know, like getting towards, like, the TVs and, like, this one Gladfelter Center. Right. And then they canceled school, and I remember, like, being on the train going back and then going to my girlfriend now my wife's house and being like is this real like is this really happening right and like literally that was the end of for me that was the end of everything that i had grown up with in a way like every pop culture entertainment social studies math you name it everything that i thought that i knew was now different and we were so angry like i was i remember being angry too and like thinking like i'm gonna go get the you know what i mean Then, then like I stopped to think, like, well, who are these guys, you know? And, like, yeah. and I'm not, the, like, I mean, like, I think that a lot of people, like, you know, they they can't understand terrorism because they don't understand their culture, mm-hmm. you know? They, they're they raised to believe that, you know, the jihadi, like, you know, when someone believes that they're supposed to brush their teeth every morning, they're going to brush their teeth every morning. Right. Nothing can stop them. And I think for Americans, it's very hard to understand that. They just won't get past that. And right. they, they think that they have... The bar stop, you know, when you have Donald Trump saying the stuff that he says, it should be my way. And I, f- I feel as if I was that same way. It should be the United States way. It should be this way. But, like, really, we need to look at ourselves as a, you know, collective consciousness of humans in the world. But we would never do that because people people are scared to get granola. You know what I mean? They're right. scared to go for a ride in the Volkswagen bug and expand their minds because they're scared of things that make them feel uncomfortable in their daily lives. You Absolutely. Know? Or, or just be... I think it, a lot of it, and I'm not, you know, I don't know anything about psychiatry, but I think a lot of it goes to figuring out that your parents were wrong. Oh, yeah. And that... I Every generation needs to that's, that. That's yeah. a big thing that when you figure out, it's like, yeah. when you hear your parents say something dumb yeah. for the first time and you know it's dumb, yeah. you're kind of, it's a weird moment. It is a weird moment. And when you get that about your entire culture, yeah. especially, you know, we grew up, when I grew up, it was, you know, like I said, two wars going on and um, America was number one. And then freedom fries. You yeah. grew up in the freedom, freedom fries. Fries. Yeah, right. And and when you grow up and the swine really, flu, you had the swine flu. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. We'll get to that in a minute. Keep yeah. going with that. But, but it's just like we grew up that America was number one. And then you find out no, it's not. And you find out you find out a better part about it that we're just a player in the game. And mm-hmm. I always wanted to write a book. Ever since I went to college, I wanted to write a book called um, History of the World. And then the subtitle would be. Um, what white people did wrong. Yeah. And I think you might have pitched that to me once. When you, I might have, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It's a great idea. I mean, it, it, look, it, it's it's hard because it's like you want everyone to live in peace. And, like, America really started because people were pissed off at Britain for taxing the shit out of them. Right. And they couldn't get married and they couldn't buy their tea and they couldn't do all these daily things that we, you know... I mean, I can go down the store and buy a stamp or I can get some tea, but... I have to pay a shit ton of taxes at the end of the year. To It's the same thing. It's the right. same principle. But, I mean, the thing that's hard to people to understand is, like, we are a nation of immigrants. Right. We forget that. Absolutely. Or at least maybe we don't, but the middle parts of the country, not all of them per se, because I don't want to be, you know, uh, focusing on certain groups of people, but they forget that. Yeah. That's what makes us great is that we're a bunch of different people together, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, part of it to me, I'm a little bit fatalist about it, but some of it to me is just like, that's the American way. I hate the next guy that comes off the boat. I know. And mm-hmm. uh, there's something uh, slightly beautiful about it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, you know, glorify racism and xenophobia and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's something kind of beautiful about it that in, like, the 1920s, when my um, family immigrated here from Italy, um, they come here and they ended up having to join the mob because my uh, someone in my family was visiting a family member at the hospital and got beat up by some Irish cops for being just for being Italian in the wrong neighborhood okay. and joined, joined the mob in order to get some revenge, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't know the full story. Um, and we go from that to like... Which grandfather? What's that? Which family? Oh, it's, it's on my dad's side. Yeah. I know, like you know about the... the oh, it was the Black the, Hand. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah. I think they were the Gambinos. Might have been, yeah. Might have. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But they, um... So like we went from that to like 40 years later... Being arm in arm with an Irish I know, person, at the and, then bar. Be, and then being hating, yeah. hating the uh, Iranians in the eighties, and then then we yeah. then we get together with them, and we hate the next people that come through. Yeah, we're just all about hating the next group. Yeah, and I just c- continuing the process. You know, it sucks. I mean, I, I, have you seen The Big Sick? No, it's a really good movie. I, I forget the guy's name that wrote it, but um, it's basically it's about a guy. He he's um he's a Muslim and he falls in love with a white girl in New York. Oh, um, Judd Apatow. What's his name? Um, Kumail yes. Johnny. Yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. it. I loved it so much because it's just like so in your you know like mm-hmm. it just it shows like the audience and it's only for you know not every audience is going to see it but it really it it brings things into perspective that I mean I mean we're all pink on the inside we all bleed we all have blue blood that turns red we all would die if we were shot in the space without proper, you know, oxygen stuff. But we forget that. And we, you know, like we, we divide ourselves and we put these like, you know, walls in between, you know, even in like the neighborhood you live in, the neighborhood you're living in right now, you know, there's like maybe two or three people in your neighborhood or on the block that you just don't want to mess with. You know what I mean? Like, cause you don't like their lifestyle choice or, you know, maybe they don't cut their grass enough or like something like it's, you know, stupid as that or they don't take their Christmas decorations down you know like we love to point the finger and it's hard man so like my thing is is like okay so like my generation is aware of it but we're we're so uh, I feel as if like each generation kind of like is aware and then they give up like like my parents generation like you know the Woodstock generation like all those people like oh man civil rights we're gonna change shit we're gonna make it we're gonna make everything great let me get my 401 and it's fine you know hopefully by the time they pass away and I pass away your generation's next generation is the one that's just like forget all this shit that you think that you knew let's rebuild everything you know what I mean like right. I hope the change comes and I, some people really want to see change I'm cool with knowing I'm cool with not being around for it Right. Just knowing that there's a possibility for it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, in my mind, as even as weird as times are now, and um, if you disagree with um, Trump, it must seem horrible to be in this time. But Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Some people are just... But I'm, you know, I've, I've studied... I was a Jewish studies minor in, mm-hmm. at Temple. And uh, if, if you want to know people who've been shit on yeah. for such Their a long life, time, yeah. um, it's that. But there's one thing... I find that gives me hope for this world is mm-hmm. that no, there's no better time than the present. And yeah. you can't, as bad as things are, they were worse yesterday. And it's true. I mean, it, it, it sucks that, that it, can, it happens to so many different people. I mean, I remember being a kid. I think I... This is a conversation podcast. So, like, look, I grew up um, in, a, like, a Roman Catholic family. Um, didn't really know about other... Um, religious institutions stuff like that because I just I kind of grew up thinking where everybody celebrates Christmas everybody does this you know and when I became aware of it um it it freaked me out man like I I like I didn't understand like it wasn't presented to me in a way my parents weren't able to tell tell me about it the priest surely couldn't tell me about (laughs) it at the church that there was different you know factoids of religion or spirituality and maybe if you die you go somewhere differently than I or if you're you have sin but I, th- I do remember distinctly when Schindler's List came out. Like, mm-hmm. it like, it grabbed everyone's attention that in pop culture, entertainment, every everything. I remember being like, what is this? What? And then I started to, like, look up stuff on my own up in the attic and in my parents' encyclopedias. Right. Because there was no Google, none of that stuff. And I learned everything about the Holocaust at a very early age. 
and being completely devastated and being like, oh, yeah. holy shit, we knew and we didn't go over there. Yeah. We didn't go help these people. It's insane. Why, you know what I mean? And like, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's still nuts to me to think that that's even possible. Right. You know, to, and like we knew and like, you know, some people, oh, we didn't, we didn't know what they We very well knew what was yeah. going on. And, and I think the magnitude wasn't understood, especially to the masses, the magnitude wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't known. Um, but I, I watched that, uh, I think it's on Netflix. It was a Winston Churchill, like a five part thing. Yeah. I watched that. Oh my God. I called my brother right away mm-hmm. after the, I was like, can you believe this guy? This guy's mm-hmm. amazing. Little it, tiny yeah. England was Little, just like, yeah. no, we're not standing for it. We're not doing this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was amazing. I haven't seen that doc, but I remember learning about that in college and being like, good for you. Like, you know, yeah, but he's like a badass. I just, it's just so weird how that can, you know, like it still baffles me. It still just blows my mind that like that existed. And then I remember in seventh grade, Mr. Brennan, uh, for the colonial middle school audience yeah. members out there listening Took my class to the Holocaust Museum. Right, right. And uh, I, you know, I remember distinctly this one, that we were in the room with the shoes, and I won't say his name because he'd be embarrassed if he heard this, but uh, he was, like, carrying on in that room. Yeah. And I remember Mr. Brennan yelling yelling at him, and just, like, it was a different yell. It was, like, this yell that came from, like, a place of just, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, I remember his face when he got yelled at. Right. And realizing what he had done. The gravity of the Yeah, and, like, yeah. it's a weird memory that pops out of my mind, like, a random, like, I have these, like, weird, like, you know, pop-up memories yeah, and, right. like, these recollections of, like, weird things that don't really go with each other. But um, I remember him reacting, and then I remember him feeling, feeling very solemn that day afterwards, being like, oh, you know, like, I, I messed up, you know, yeah. like, but... Yeah, it's, you know, we're quickly, we're so quick to dismiss people, we're quick to apparently exterminate people, and what's the point, really? I mean, like, we all literally are born to eventually die. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I I sent you that um, Joe Rogan podcast, and I've been saying it now for the last couple episodes in here, I really do believe that we are just the bacteria that grew out of the earth, and that's the only thing that's alive, man. Right. Like, we think we're alive, yeah, yeah, great, I'm alive, you're alive, I'm in this lounge room recording this podcast, but, like... Ultimately, we are all in one big bubble, you know? Right. People will never accept that. No. Unless somebody comes from the heavens or, you know, Independence Day happens. I think there's something, especially, and it comes with religion, it comes with a lot of things, especially politics, and um, I think there's something intrinsic in human beings that is, we are special, Mm -hmm. and it goes into, you know, country, you know, America, we are special, we're the best, or Mm -hmm. um, wherever you're from, you probably think that, or religion, you know, like, um, if you're raised in Judaism, you might believe that you're the chosen um, group, or Mm -hmm. if you're a Christian, you think that you're the chosen people who chose salvation, and no matter what, that you're chosen, and it never seemed that way to me, it never seemed that way that um, it was like, yep, this is it, we're the ones that, you know, we we got all the goods, and it's I think about it, I always think about things in terms of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. If if there's other life out there, Earth is not a good neighborhood. Earth is like the like lower middle class neighborhood mm-hmm. where stuff occasionally goes down. You might like drive over broken glass type neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like like kind of like the houses are falling apart, but maybe that house was really yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And there's um, you know, there's the school district's terrible. Like that's just Earth. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. There's if there's other life out there that's as intelligent as us, they're doing way better. There's one, and there's there's one that's worse. There's got to be one that's worse. oh, there's got to be yeah. People tend to think that too, like that the aliens are like way advanced. It could be an interesting idea for a book or movie, like the aliens who are not <laughs> yeah, right. together yeah. can't get their shit. They may look like us and are just like yeah. you know walking through life backwards through the you know yeah just. They like they just never get it together. They have a nail and a piece of wood and a hammer. And they hit it once and go. This this won't go anywhere. <laughs> and it's like over. no no keep hammering it in. This You're almost over. there. You can almost build something. I, I love stuff like that. Um, the, the, uh, this this fact that I just read. Um, I love el- evolution. The idea of it that we're always constantly like you know evolving and getting better or whatever. But like an entire scheme of humankind, there is a two million year window where our brains double in size. Right. Like, completely double. And it's completely... The, the sole fact is, is that we learn to uh, hunt meat, procure meat, and cook our meat. Right. So when we cooked our meat, we were able to expand our brain power, which to me is just... 
It's such a simple, beautiful idea. Yeah, that yeah. and and bread too. And bread, bread, bread right, was yeah. the other thing. And um, bread, yeah. People, they must. You imagine it was like for the first people who discovered bread. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, Trump <laughs> try this empty, like loaded carbohydrate. Like it's gonna make everything so much better. I would say all and food, generations lived. Yeah, off rations. I would say every every food started out as a dare. What's that? Every food started out as a dare. Yeah, like yeah. just pick it's an good, apple off a tree. Like I dare you. It's a good. Point. It's like no, no, no. It's good. You should have one too. But what do you think? What food do you think would be like considered like? I mean, now that's like rapidly consumed would be like the most daring. Oh god, cheese. 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 <laughs> cheese I mean, yeah. cheese or uh, <laughs> they, the way they actually say beer started was that they had gathered grains. The mm-hmm. hype. The hypothesis is that um, people in grain gathering societies gather grains. Uh, water somehow got into the uh, vessel and then it fermented and then oh wow and then that's how they tried it and that's how they learned that you could ferment beer. But I'm like that had to be a dare. That one had to be, it had like, to be like a smell this, drink this, and, and then, then see what like, happens. Oh no, it's good. Can you imagine what it was like to see the first person that was intoxicated? Oh, that would have been must have been great. Off of alcohol. I mean, I guess you could you could you know. They probably thought he was going to die. Probably, you know, because right? you see people, you know, they probably ate a poisonous mushroom and tilted walked and do it for steak. And they're, and they're probably just like they see this guy and they're like, oh, he's not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. And he just wakes up hungover. It is really bizarre. I mean, like, it's so weird to me. Like, even like ne- like just in general, to relax, we drink ourselves into a stupor where we feel like absolute shit the next day, headaches, gastronial problems. After all these years and years and years of thinking, like we still just do it, right. and that's the way we equivalent a celebration is with like a, a toast or like you know a, a cheers, and it's just like, I have lots of friends who love the craft brew. I mm-hmm. myself have, I mean like I drink maybe like if I do drink it's like light beer like, maybe once twice a month now even if that but like, I just you know it's just so weird that like that's what they do to feel great, right? You know I think it's. Part of it has to be shutting down part of your brain. Like, just getting some of that worry off. See, I actually like when the other parts of my brain are lit up. Right. I don't like feeling numb. I'm the same way. I like If I'm not in control, mm-hmm. it scares me. In terms of yes. just about my faculties. and Yes, or where you're at, you know? Yeah. And, like, I mean, dopamine, all that other stuff that can come into the equation of, like, you know, um, things that your, your brain can produce. And, like, it's just crazy, really. Like, all, like, the untapped potential of your brain and, like, what it does, like... I mean, I, I, I suffer from uh, insomnia, and for a long time I was, like, taking Tylenol PM, taking all this stuff, and then about a year and a half ago I just started taking melatonin, and, like, we make melatonin when we're kids, mm-hmm. and then we grow out of it, but melatonin's, like, the best. Man. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's the best. It's just like, for insomnia, or is it just as you wake up better? You or? feel just awesome when you yeah. wake up. Before you leave, I'll give you a sample pack. Oh my god! <laughs> um, it's it, you can buy this at GNC. You can buy right. this at Giant. Um, it's it's a vitamin. Um, some people take it. Um, it's got a lemon balm in it. Like okay. very easy on your stomach, um, and it's the type of sleep that's refreshing, not the ambient induced type of like uh, wake up grog. Wake out. Yeah. Make up. You shave your mustache off. You know what I mean. Don't know where you're at. Yeah, right. Made a whole bunch of phone calls outside last night. Don't know where you're at. Soldier house. Yeah. Bought bitcoins all night long. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, there's lots of things that you can do to like you know I mean like um, you can achieve it you know enlightenment for meditation, exercise, or even just reading a book or listening to a podcast. Really, I think that people don't allow themselves time to grow anymore. Like what I was talking right. about, like the human brain. Like we don't allow ourselves to grow anymore. We feel as if you know, like I'm going to be um, 38 next mm-hmm. week, and I noticed that. I can't heal no more mm-hmm. like I used to. And that sucks, man. Right. It sucks. Like, I have, like, this mosquito bite, like, here on my forearm that just never healed from this summer. <laughs> and, like, I look at it, and I'm like, there you are. There yeah, you are, age. There. Right. there you are, like, you know. But we take for granted the things that we, you know. I mean, the thing is, too, is, like, everyone's going to get old. Everyone's going to die. But I feel as if we spend so much time trying to prevent it. If we just would accept it, maybe we'd be a little bit more happier. Right. And then maybe we wouldn't be pissed off at the, you know, the Muslims or the Jews or you know what I mean. Like we would just evolve. Right. We, we we so like I'm like I think the the theme of this podcast is like it's almost like we've we've as a like a general like we, we've opted to not get better. We're just in this constant state of being pissed off, thinking that change is impossible, and it's like you're just in quicksand and like you're just watching yourself like. 
deteriorate. Yeah, I think I think we've been getting better for so long that I don't want to say people are sick of it, but to that same effect, I think people are like, where else can we go? I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking about it with with music specifically. I was, mm-hmm. I've been listening to um, the Lou Reed biography. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking, like, it's 1974, where I'm up to in the book, and he's already, like, done makeup, done glam, done glitter rock, done the Velvet Underground, mm-hmm. did punk rock. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of now. You can't even have a shtick anymore in music. Like, no, you like, can't, because they, they've, they've explored it, I guess. Yeah, like, I don't know what's next. Like, just, you know, blowing things up. I, I, I have no idea they've what's done next. done that, too. Yeah, right. Like, it's already been, you know... It's ma- weird. Maybe yeah. just having a concert and not showing up at all. And yeah. people will be like, that was great. Um, I use that but, analogy sometimes when people are like, you know, like when things are in disarray, it's like being in a band with no songs. Like, you get up on stage, you're like, one, two, three, four. Yeah, right. Crickets. People are like, what? Did we practice? Yeah. Did we know these songs? It's their lyrics. Oh my God, that's two of my memories that stick out. Uh, Wade Marsh Elementary we had, used to have um, talent shows by I, foot. I remember that. Did I, you, I went to Wade Marsh too. Did you? Yeah. Well, the music teacher, Miss Bazelli. Yeah, I remember that yeah. music room too. It had big ceilings. Yeah. Chimes sound really good in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she had that, she would put on the talent show. I had no talent. <laughs> Many people didn't. Like, I've talked to mm-hmm. people in my age group and they all hated this talent show because you were forced to do it and you didn't have to and there were kids who had piano lessons yeah. and they'd be like playing something they'd be like yeah. Fiora Lisa at like eight years old mm-hmm. and we I remember thinking we had to have a talent and um, me and four other kids formed a band we had no songs that's the shit though I we like had, stuff like that we had nothing and all we did was we had one of our friends sing to a song to like a karaoke track uh-huh. And he was a good singer. Like he had, he had his own thing. He already mm-hmm. sang a song and you know got applause. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, well you can sing and we'll back you up. And we, oh my god, it, it hurts me to think about. It. It's one of those memories that we just bounced around on stage and pretended to play instruments. That's cool though. See, that's the stuff that people remember. You know. I God, I hope they don't remember. <laughs> See, I like stuff like that. That's like avant garde and like weird for like the performance. Because like we were saying, like right. what else do you come up with? You know. Um, Downtown Harvest, uh, I, I pushed and pulled, man, for the longest time. I wanted to do a show where we just brought no equipment. We just walked all four of us on stage um, with an air mattress, took out the air mattress, plugged the air mattress in, blew up the air mattress, and all laid down for 40 minutes. That'd be great. And just, just you know, make people feel uncomfortable. Like I love that. People respond to it. There's something visceral about it. Like, there is. Like, like Andy Kaufman and stuff. I love Andy Kaufman. You've and, seen uh, that doc that I'm talking the Jim and Andy doc. Oh yeah. Netflix. God, right. so good, oh, right? Yeah. And I mean, a, both Jim and Andy, they're both hitting and all, you know, like, I love Andy though. Like, Andy was ahead of his time that Andy was able to yeah. understand that yeah. and to push through that, that fourth wall and like grab you and like mm-hmm. pull you in and be like, you're, you're mine. I'm wrestling you. You know what I mean? Like, and there's something, he was nuts. There's something about, you know, music is such a part, a big part of human life mm-hmm. that we respond to, and that's why we go to concerts and stuff, and art and theater and performance, but there's something about, if you were to go to the zoo, and you see two people break out in a fight, and you stand there and watch it, as a crowd usually forms around a fight, you would have a certain reaction, because you don't know that was going to happen. But when that happens on a stage, and that's a performance, and you get that same feeling that this shouldn't be happening, why is this happening, I'm mm-hmm. watching it. That's a different, a whole different animal. Yeah, and it's it was, a different beast. I think Larry David said about Andy Kaufman at the um, improv, he saw him get up on stage, there's a stool microphone, he got up on stage, sat on the stool, and ate a bowl of ice cream and cried for 20 minutes. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. I think I saw that, and it's just awesome. Yeah, that's it's, it's insane. But and it's what people still talk about. Right. They and, still talk about these And George things. Carlin laying on the floor of, yeah. um, I forget, I think it was in Cleveland, laid on the floor and just spoke to the ceiling. For, this is great. for an hour this is so great I mean I, the last thing that I did I do the, these uh, top of the world things uh, Whole Foods Rooftop right um, we had a, an artist whom I love uh, Erica Corba um, you know yeah right? I, I listened to the yeah, podcast so she she, she uh, does this introduction that it's like so space mm-hmm. space age like type thing like she has like signs and it's like you know it makes people like you know uncomfortable but like I have the tape and I will go back and I, I watch it Everybody in that audience is staring at her. Everybody. Right. And some people ask me, like, sometimes, like, well, what's better? Like, I kind of like it when they're more like that. When they're real happy and cheering, it's not as exciting for for me as a musician as for when, like, I have, I'm in Judah Kim and the Assassination, but my other band, Pocket Dial, right. we delve into that a little bit. Like, right. we have my brother dresses up in drag and has a gas mask. Makes people just freak out. And that is so exciting to me. That... 
it, it's just like uncharted you know what I mean yeah, and it's yeah. like you're breaking like this rule of engagement and uh, I, I mean for like you know music and it's funny you, you mentioned that too because it's funny how like music we created human beings created music mm-hmm. animals can't get together and form a band it'd be pretty cool if they did and if right. they start a movie they can do it but we made these things. We made the drums, the bass, the guitar, and like we own it, and essentially, in a way, mm-hmm. like music is owned by everybody. But what you do with the music is what you're remembered by. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's it's part of our our best memories and our worst memories. Yeah. And, um, something more. I mean, there's parts of every art form that hit those chords in being human, but some parts of music. I mean, it could be mm-hmm. a lyric. It could be. Even just a note. Um, yeah, just yeah. The, the one moment that brings you into a place that yeah. is either good, bad, or happy or sad. It's like um, Peter Green from yeah. Bill Fleetwood Mac. Like, mm-hmm. if you could, you don't even have to listen to the lyrics of his songs, but if you, some of those chords and the way it's produced and everything, yeah, it's, guitar work is amazing. It's automatically just breaking your heart. Yeah, I, um, I the last time I had a song like that, I was in Wildwood with my family uh, in August of 2017, and I was in this. Uh, shop called What Goes On Here. I think that's the name of them. And they're like this retro 60s, 70s like head shop. Right. And we're in the store and this song's playing and like I'm really connecting with the lyrics. And I'm like, who is this? And like, he's like, oh, you never heard of this band? They're called America. Oh, really? You never heard the Tin Man? Oh, it's the Tin Man, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I never heard the song. Like, I heard, you know, uh, Horse Comanche yeah. like several times, but like, I never picked up on Tin Man. And like, dude, like, I... I just was so into that song for like four weeks. Oh, you gotta be. And it was like it was like I was almost like a gateway to like another way of thinking, just because I connected with it. And like I made my like family vacation like kind of like a part of that song and mm-hmm. the memory, you know. But uh, I love when that stuff happens. It doesn't oh, yeah. happen all the time too. And it's like, yeah. like I I have a handful of songs like that though that mm-hmm. I can pull out of my iPod and be like, oh, you know exactly where I was. Right. Why this mean? You know, even if I listen to it a thousand times, it still doesn't click as much as that one first time. Oh yeah, you're always chasing. And is there that anything high. else like that really in life? I mean, movies kind of like movies have that for me. Like, I mean, anytime I see Castaway, it brings me back to like <laughs> that. Like, I'm such a sucker for Castaway. Like, I, I love, love that it. movie. It's, my, so, it's such a great movie. My boss and I, um, I work construction. My boss and I are constantly quoting movies, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we actually always quote Tin Man, um, but. Castaway is the one where if we need like an extension cord, we need something, mm-hmm. um, and I can tell that he needs it. Mm-hmm. I just quote uh, Castaway. Just go. I know where there's more rope. <laughs> I know where I can get more rope. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I don't know what it is about that movie that I love so much. Maybe it's just. Pretty, I mean, like Tom Hanks. He's so. It's like you see everybody in him. Mm-hmm. You see the, the whole world in him. You know, but like. I love the idea of him being like too busy to properly propose and being in a rush mm-hmm. to going to spending four years on an island and like I love the fact that they, they stopped making the movie and stopped production Robert's uh, he, he filmed the first part when Tom, Tom was really overweight stopped and filmed What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer then came back Oh, like waited for him to get skinny and grow the beard. Yeah, yeah. Like a whole year, like I think six months to a year. It's on Wiki Wikipedia. Like, uh, yeah. but that's just so cool. It's a commitment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like total character commitment. You know? Right. But I mean, I I, I even researched the whole movie. I mean, like I, I read about the guy who wrote the screenplay. He actually went to an island. Oh yeah. Uh, he cut himself off from society, and uh, he did he did have a soccer ball like wash up. Yeah. It's just nuts. You know what I mean? But like, there's that, and there's like. Uh, can't think. I mean, like Forrest Gump used to have it, but now they play it too much. Right. But Castaway, ah, oh, it just gets me, man. Gets oh, yeah. me every time. The, I mean, I will. Um, I always think about it with the Super Bowl. Whenever the Super Bowl comes around, I think of when he comes home in Castaway. I'm mm-hmm. not spoiling any Castaway yeah. for anyone. Oh, when it's over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, when he comes home, she talks about the Titans, the yeah. Tennessee Titans winning. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. And Wait a minute. Every, we have we have we have a football. We team. have a football. Team. Yeah, right. Yeah. And. Um, but that the coming home part of that yeah. is that movie is so so long and has so much in it. But when he comes home, first of all, the fire, the lighter, uh, I cry. Yeah, when he's when he gets mm-hmm. back and he's playing with the lighter, and then um, I like when he gra- when uh, he's at the party and everyone leaves and he looks down, and sees the snow crab legs, and just yeah. flicks them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um oh the, when he's flicking it and he's on the floor looking at the picture of her. Oh, oh. No, that with the fl- yeah with the fl- yeah, yeah man. First off. Let's talk about crying. 
Love crying during movies. Um, Do you remember the first movie you cried at? I remember the first movie I cried at. Good question. Um, I, I cry a lot. Or is there is there one memory of of crying either in theaters or? Not so much. Maybe you know what? Maybe it wasn't like crying emotionally. It was crying because I was scared. I think it was actually um, nineteen like eighty four, and there was a movie theater. You know where Marshalls is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a movie theater. Yeah, right. Uh, And they re released Bambi, and I was bawling within like ten minutes because the the mama dies. Right. And like I was like, what is this supposed to be a fun Disney thing? Like, yeah, right. and ever since then, I've always had like this like animosity. They've kind of changed their tone recently with with some films, but those original ones were terrifying. What's well, the that and the Lion King? I remember being scared because the dad dies. I think spoilers. Yeah. Um, well, that's the whole Disney point. I didn't know why Disney was great. I watched the Disney yeah. documentary, and the whole reason why he was different. I never thought he was different. Was because up until him, cartoons were just. A chase, a you chase, know, a yeah. Mouse mm-hmm. being Tugs chased by, by a cat, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he changed it. And he said, "We need to make this like a real thing." That was with Snow White, and he mm-hmm. said, "We need to make people cry." Yeah, he specifically, he said, "We need to make people cry." I hope he comes back from the dead. Yeah, right. They got his body Thawing out. There. out. I mean, he. If anybody could do it, he could do it. Right. Wouldn't that be wild, dude? Like we're old men, and all of a sudden Disney comes back. Yeah, right. He's all talking about. Yeah, yeah. people worry about Donald Trump. What if Disney comes back? Disney would be the president. I'd vote for him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Disney would be awesome. Yeah. Oh man, we should make up posters. Disney twenty nineteen twenty. Yeah, I mean, like Disney, he really he, he did he destroyed the game, yeah. and then now look at them. They own everything. They got Marvel. They got Star Wars. They got yeah. And I, I mean, I cry. I mean, and Fox. They just bought Fox. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. They so like everybody's together now. Yeah. Like you know, but crying in the way that I like to cry, I think it might have been. I mean, there's several ones that are out there, but it's like the crying where, not because you're sad, but it's the crying where it's like you're happy that you're alive. Yeah, it's like like hitting you right. Yeah, that's like the heartstrings. If there's a list of those movies, what would be like on your list? Oh, God, I don't even know. I, uh... Like, it's like the, like... I I used to think that American Beauty was like that for me, but now that Kevin Spacey is a sexual predator... Right. I don't know. I don't know how I could look at it the same way, but it is a piece of art. So I mean, I can't define people, people's portrayals in film or television because of their personal life. It's somebody wrote that. I connected with that story. Um, my wife about a year ago said to me, "Bob, uh, we should start watching the show. I think you'll like it a lot." I'm like, "What is it?" And she's like, "It's called This Is Us." I was like, "All right, I'll give it a try." This is us. I'll give is it a try. It's on NBC, right? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I you know, I, first hour, I'm like looking at my phone seeing if there's any updates then slowly and surely I'm starting to pay attention and then like the last 10 minutes I'm like no yeah right <laughs> like, but it does it'll make you cry like every every week like we have a challenge my wife and I like yeah. we'll watch it she never ma- she, she cries all the time but like I didn't cry for like maybe like four episodes but the last week's episode got me dude oh yeah It'll- and I was like look it, it's happened yeah. but I think that's an important part that lots of people don't connect with Oh, I think crying we're... should be as mandatory as going to the bathroom. Right. I think I can. I think myself into crying. Yeah, I can and, do that and, too. And it's bad. I I'm tell my sure. students all the time. I'm yeah. like, like I'm an actor. Like I can make myself cry, and they'll be like, No, you can't. I'll do it, and they'll be like, What? Yeah, I can. <laughs> like, yeah, I can think of one thing specifically. If I need to cry, mm-hmm. I can think of one thing, which is a uh, the last song on the wall, oh. outside the wall. If I mm-hmm. think about that. I'll, I'll go. And that's also, music too that just doesn't exist. I mean, like, they're still out there, Roger's there yeah. and stuff like that. But Pink Floyd, like, when you, like, think about music like that, I don't think of that as music. I think of that as, like, like a living thing. Right. Like, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, Nirvana, like, they're, they're not bands. They're, like, a living thing. Like, they're a brand, like, living. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're always, I always talk about Pink Floyd because they're my favorite band. Um, you like Sid? I do. I love Saucer Full of Secrets. Yeah. To me, that was like, I think I was like 16, and my mom got me the box set for like Christmas. Right. And I remember listening to that and just being like, what? Yeah. What is, why does it sound, that sounds so, it was like the first time I ever heard like witchcraft in the music <laughs> form, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's just so otherworldly. The, um, the one that had <laughs> a Amagama. Yeah. I, yeah. My, I, I remember when I bought that, I asked, I bought it, and we were driving home from Best Buy. 
And I said to my mom, can I put this in? And the song I wanted to play was uh, Several Species of Small Furry yes. Animals Grooving in a Cave with a Pick. Yeah. And my mom ejected it and said, are you buying Satan music? <laughs> no, mom, this was actually like made like when you were like, she was probably like, what, a little girl? Five, yeah, yeah right. Five years old. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Pink Floyd, I always say to people when I think of Pink Floyd is that it's kind of like the Vedas, like the mm-hmm. Hinduist Vedas. It's, it's always been there. It's always been That's there. what they say. It's, always been, feel, it's yeah. always been there. It was mm-hmm. just written down. And that's what I think. When I hear Pink Floyd, if you're falling into a Pink Floyd record, it's like falling down the rabbit hole. And it's just all mm-hmm. of a sudden you land and you're in the Vedas. And it's just, this has always been yeah. here. These emotions have always been here. Have you gone to see like Roger or like, have you seen those? I, I always yeah. miss it. I always miss I, it. I just don't know if I would enjoy it as much as like, you know? My brother went to uh, Roger Waters do the wall mm-hmm. at Citizens Bank Park and uh, I think it was the finale of his world tour. Oh, really? And they popped the pig. They the, did? You know, the pig. Oh, the flies wow, really? And what yeah, came well, out of it? a loose rope and take Philadelphia, for example, you know. Philadelphia's mm-hmm. strong enough to where enough people grabbed the rope, pulled down the pig and popped it. I think I did hear about Philadelphia that. killed the pig. Philly <laughs> killed the pig. Right. Philly, I... If we have such a reputation as being like so uh, vigorous with our audience participation you know like right. I mean, obviously with the Philadelphia Eagles and I mean even concerts though I mean actually you know what I would like to say no to that because this concert right here I went to see the Arcade Fire right at uh, Wachovia I think it was in September crowd was not into it man really? I was not there I was I love the new album that new album so I don't know if you listen to the Arcade yeah. they're um kind of like Pink Floyd in a way with like their music selections are very like artsy and stuff but like people didn't want to hear the new stuff they want to hear the old stuff and like I've been there for you know other bands that are like that but they just weren't you can feel like when the audience is at that fever pitch of like you know I want it I want it I want it I want it now they just they just weren't there that night right I remember looking around and being like what the hell and that's Philadelphia I mean I'm, that's probably everywhere but Philadelphia can be like that I remember yeah. I, would, I saw Tenacious D um at the festival, spectrum? festival pier. Oh wow! And uh, there was a band. There was a couple openers, and this last band, they were horrible. You could feel the vacuum. Yeah, you could just, feel yeah. the vacuum, and, and all of a sudden, they're not a band playing to mm-hmm. a crowd. Mm-hmm. They are five people trying to fill a void. Yeah, and I, I've been on the other end of that as well. Yeah, I'm in the band playing the music, and like right. they'll be like, "What?" The yeah, the, we've we just booed, and someone said, someone yelled, someone started the chant, "We want the D." Mm-hmm. For tenacious D and the guy just said alright and then played a D chord and the, uh, crowd, the crowd was like Wah! see you later right? Yeah, they oh must my. have been like that's it we're never inviting you back again right. does Tenacious D still play? I don't know I mean it was for the Jackson support of the Jumanji. new one. I didn't see Jumanji my mom saw it said it was great it, be- it became number one again like really? it was down and now it's back at number one I love the original I'd like to see I just I can't wait till my son's like old enough to actually like take him to the movies yeah has he I, been to the movies yet? No, not yet. No, he's he's gonna be two next week. So oh, okay. Yeah, oh, I thought he was a little bit older. Okay. No, I can't wait though. But uh, one of the movies I did go see recently. Do you know about the room? Do you know what the room is? Uh, the world. Which room? Mis- there's room and not there's room, the room with uh, the kid. The room. Tommy the room. Wiseau's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the the disaster artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the original? No, I only saw clips of it. Oh, it's so much fun to go to the movies to see. Right. I've been to two now. I lived in L.A. when it first came out, which was really weird. Did dude. you see the billboard? I saw the, the billboard. billboard? Yeah. I was under it. I rem- like when, when the movie came out, I'm like, oh, my God, they're making that into a movie? And there's a book. I, I read the book, too, in, like, two days. Like, I highly recommend The Disaster Artist, the book by mm-hmm. Greg Sestero. It is so much fun to read. But... I love the story of a guy who just said, oh, you don't want to play by my rule, I'll do it myself. I'll make a movie. Right. He went out and made a $6 million movie, and still, people still go see it today. Uh, the first time I saw it uh, with proper audience participation was at the Ritz downtown. It was like being at a rock concert, man. Right. It was just like people... Just, was he I mean, there to tell me show He wasn't there. Oh, it was okay. just like everyone participates. Like There's so many things in the movie that people comment on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you ever been to a movie and someone's behind you just like chatting away, and you're like, shut up. This, you don't want. You want them to be screaming at the screen. And then there's the spoons, which is such an adrenaline rush. It sounds stupid to some, but Tommy didn't want the production. The production company went out and they bought framed pictures. Mm-hmm. The production company was like, should we put pictures of you in it or the other castmates? He's like, no, 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 spoons are fine. So he keeps the spoons in the frames, and anytime the spoon comes out in the movie, he throws plastic spoons at the screen. Oh, my God. So just last week, my friend Mickey and I, 
they played uh, Fathom Events. They did the room up here mm-hmm. at the Plymouth Mini Mall. Right. And I kind of like knew going in that people wouldn't be embrace on. it as much as they did down Philly. So right. I just decided uh, I'm going to go to the Family Dollar. I'm going to buy as many spoons as I possibly can. Right. I bought so many spoons. And the, I handed them out to people, and like they were so happy. And it was like such a cool like you know like collective thing. And the first time spoons happened, I threw them so high that like they just spread out across and it was like this beautiful piece of art where like all the plastic spoons were just like, you know, against Fed. the lighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, man. I highly recommend it. If you if they play at midnight screenings, it's like going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show booth. Right. A sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's hysterical, man. That's kind of But I think there's, there should be more stuff like that. Like, um, I love going to the movies so much and I love music so much. Why, why isn't there more? Why isn't it blended together? Like in like, you know, like, bands feel like they have to go out and tour, like, venues. Why isn't bands out there playing movie theaters with their own thing going on? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it'd be too much money. But not yeah, for yeah. bands who were, like, trying to come up. That'd be interesting. Like, like Ambler Theater, I know you can rent. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool to do that, you know? But And it's, I mean, I guess it was always a, th- it was a thing, you know? My, funny, you mentioned the movie theater these people Marshalls is. My dad used to tell me the Midnight Show mm-hmm. was Song Rings the Same there when he was growing up. Oh, wow. So you'd always go there, it would be Song Rings oh, the Same yeah, and Rocky Horror. Yeah. Um, so people would be going to see Zeppelin and Rocky Horror. Yeah, awesome. I guess if you're still up, you know, if you're still partying, you'd go and hang out. I only remember the vision of what the lobby looked like. Yeah. I remember that. And there was a drive in movie theater, too, which is now where. The Luke Oil is? Yes. Yeah, right. Saw E.T. there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And that's weird because I was like, I think I might have been three yeah. when E.T. came out, but I remember just seeing E.T. Like on that screen, just for a brief moment. Right. I was recently speaking to somebody about ET, and, and uh, they showed it to their kid, and they said their kid was terrified. Mm-hmm. It is a kind of a terrifying movie. You think about it, like an alien comes and they all want to kill it and study it, and you know. Yeah. It's so weird. My um, my cousin was mortified of of ET. He was mortified. Yeah. I always I always loved ET. Me too. I mean, I never really had a problem with him per se. I didn't fall in love with him. Spielberg, I mean, he did a good job. I was more into Close Encounters because it was so weird. Mm-hmm. And then Indiana Jones, of course, but have you seen the Spielberg documentary? No. On HBO? No. It just came out like a month ago. It really makes him, he's a lot more important than we <laughs> think he is. Like, right. he really is, like, you know. But well, um, whole, Did you ever see that picture? I don't know, it might be even be in that documentary. It's um, USC Film School. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Whatever, he was there. Mm-hmm. And it's, and they, I saw it, I think it was a Pixar documentary. It's like, here's John Lasseter, here's Tim Burton, here's Steven Spielberg, here's John Landis, here's... And it's there's this picture just starts filling up with circles of all these important. And they were people. all together. Yeah, and they were coming all together. Yeah, for Steve that Jobs long. used to hang around. Mm-hmm. I think USC. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, he he would be around there. Yeah. They talk about that briefly in the doc. I think. John Landis, man, I wish he would make a movie again. I mean, his son Max Landis did that bright Netflix thing. Right. You know Max Landis. No, I I just remember from the John Landis documentary. I I saw Max him. is nuts, man. Yeah. Max is crazy. I love listening to him and stuff like that. His movies are okay. I wouldn't say they're classics yet. I think he's young enough that he'll get it, but I mean, I remember the first time I saw American Werewolf in London just being like... Oh, is that Max Landis? That's John. His oh, dad yeah, did yeah, that, yeah. but right. apparently now Max is remaking his dad's movie, which I think is a bad idea, but... Um, I used to love that movie. Ah, oh, so weird. I'm oh, sorry, Jack. Like, I just... I, that transformation sequence is just so good. That, and one thing I always sticks out in my mind is the little... Indian kid in the hospital mm-hmm. who can only say no. Yes. Yeah. No. So weird, right? No. Yeah. And I love how they break the third wall, like or like you know, like well, he's not really talking to the screen, but like the idea that the dead guy comes back. There's so many good things in that movie that you don't really see too much anymore in like yeah. in modern day cinema. And it's like people want to be entertained, but they don't want to be like spellbound, you know. And I, right. I, I wish that that was the case. You know what I mean? But I did see uh, my one of my favorite movies of uh, 2017, which was, it's not even, I shouldn't say favorite, but it's The Mother. Have you seen Mother? I lo- I've watched it four times. Dude, already. right? Like, I so, it's not, it's not like something like you say, like, oh, this is a, this is a heartfelt story that you're going to love. Yeah. But that was crazy, man. Spoilers, we're going to get into it for a minute. That last 30 minutes, I must have watched maybe four or five times. Oh, just yeah. Just to figure it out. Like, I was trying to think, like, what is going on here? And, like, full disclosure, it has a baby... A baby's neck gets broke. And then ripped apart. And ripped apart. Yeah. And I can't imagine... My brother said he saw it in L.A. at a, at a sold-out screening. screening. Yeah. And he just... He never heard audience gasp like that. Yeah. What do you think the meaning of mother is? Well, see, I was um, a Jewish studies minor, mm-hmm. so... Um, biblically, as soon as Biblically it, is what I think, too. As soon as it came about, it was um, with, you know, her and him when 
well, what are their names? The poet and mother. Mm-hmm. When once, um, you know, Ed Harris is showing, he's got the yeah, rib. rib. That's, right, that's what I knew, too. And then Michelle Pfeiffer shows up. I'm like, okay. And then the twin sons. And, yeah. And everything and about they fight it. fight to the death. Yeah. And Cain then, and Abel. Yeah, it's so good, right? And everything about it. And even um, just, uh, you know, what Kristen Wiig is called the Herald, I yeah. think is her, is yeah, her title. Yeah, the Herald. And um, it, it just all rang biblical to me. And me I, too. I think Aronofsky even said it was biblical. It was also about mm-hmm. like, climate change. I can't change believe it got, it got an F minus on CinemaScore. Really? It got an F minus on CinemaScore. It's, ra- it's rated very low on Rotten Tomatoes. But, I mean, have you ever seen Pi? Yeah, I love Pi. Right? So yeah. like, I, when I saw that, I was like, okay, he hasn't made a movie like that in so long. I would love to see him like tackle. Like, Black Swan kind of is like that. But Mother, to me, was just like, it's not even like watching a movie. It's like watching an exhibit or something you know and like just that last 30 minutes when everything's going like everything's breaking apart they're ripping the house apart and really there's so many themes too it's yeah. like could the house be earth mm-hmm. with that diamond you know what I mean like yeah. so many cool things it makes me want to watch it again it makes that movie is the kind of thing and there's a certain I try to do it with my own writing I, I've seen mm-hmm. other people try to do it where you want to make something that people don't understand and are okay with it. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't understand something and they're not okay with it. That movie I'm totally fine not understanding. Yeah. Just knowing that there's something happening and I don't get it. Like that, like the diamond, I have no idea yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. And I. It's funny you mention that too because I like movies like that too. I like books like that. I like documentaries like that where you don't really get the whole thing. One of the um, scripts that my brother and I... Um, developed and put out and we had all these we had a whole bunch of production companies look at it out there in LA right. and the ending I won't go into the whole thing but the ending is very oblique it, it's it's kind of like you know turn the page if you think it's this go back two pages if you think it's this you know it's 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 meant to be you know whatever you want it to be and people just didn't get it man yeah but then when I explained it to them they'd be like oh oh I love that yeah right it's like, why did I have to explain it to you then I shouldn't have to explain it to you because it's your experience, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that that's the thing I liked about Mother was it's just your experience, you know? Yeah. Like, and I remember, like, t- like I, when I told my wife, I was like, oh, I got this cool movie. I can't wait to watch it tonight, you know? And, like, she was like, oh, it's called, like, Mother. And then, like, when it got to that part where the baby's neck broke, I had never felt so, like, I, I remember feeling felt- being like, I'm so sorry, honey, that I put this out. <laughs> like, I, I, I was why. with my friend. Right? The same thing. I, when the baby, yeah. when the baby broke, I like, I was like, oh, I'm so like, I liked my friend, and she was just I know, I know. in in hard. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to this to you, <laughs> but I like that. You know, I like when that happens. I like when people think differently. I like when people try to like think outside the box. You know, so what what are you working on? Like, you're doing um, you have music, but you're also writing too. Tell us a little yeah. bit about what you've been up to. Yeah. So the music, um, I just. I shouldn't say I'm done with it, but I have so many fingers mm-hmm. and so many pies. That, same. That and I like that. I, I like to, if I'm not busy, I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing it right. But I find key, that I work best when I'm working on a multitude of different things. Right. If I'm not reading seven books, none of them will ever be mm-hmm. finished. And um, I, so the music, a lot of times I'll rush through and the music I mm-hmm. just put out just because I put out demos. If I ever want to redo them, I'll just... Nothing wrong with that. I yeah, agree with your philosophy you had shared with me last week. Yeah. Just capture it in the moment. I think that a lot of people try to be too perfect. Right. And when you're too perfect, there's no expression, there's no feeling. Right. And I have, I have my to my brother's hatred, I never tune my guitar. Mm-hmm. And I tune it as quickly as possible, and I have no ear for tuning. Mm-hmm. So it, it normally sounds horrible, but, but it doesn't mean I don't like it. I, sometimes I love it more mm-hmm. out of tune. Um, but I'm doing music, I'm writing different stuff. Um, I'm insane writer's block. So, right now, yeah, so. with the songs or with the writing, writing, uh, with writing, writing. Mm-hmm. So I am um, getting back to what we were talking about with people not knowing. I had a creative writing class in college that I wrote two stories. Um, one I really want to kind of delve into, but it's kind of perfect where it's at. So I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, short stories aren't really a medium anymore that are, I don't, you know. Yeah, I, I like the short story collections though. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to write about fifteen more. You should get the screenplay writing. I try. I'm actually. I'm, I'm working on a play. And I, I don't like theater. I don't like going to theater, but mm-hmm. I worked. I have this idea for a play. It's called um, The Elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically the whole, the main plot of the thing is it's a dinner party between a girlfriend and a boyfriend, and they have a small apartment. And mm-hmm. the whole play, he's just trying to get to the elevator. Well, I love he's it. just trying to go downstairs. So it, it, it's a comedy, and it originally mm-hmm. starts out that um, he has to carry all the groceries up the stairs. 
because the elevator's out of order, goes in the door, drops all the groceries. Um, she starts cooking, and um, to kind of get out of the way, mm-hmm. he has to go down and uh, get groceries or something else if something was forgotten. And he keeps going to the elevator, but he keeps getting drawn back into the room, like, can you help us with this? Can you do this? Oh, okay, cool. And uh, the comedic thing, which I don't know how much I want to make the focus, but I just, something about it makes me laugh, is there's a scene where they need a turkey baster. Yeah. And he, like, jumps up frozen, and he's like, um, yeah, uh, maybe it's, like, behind the one cabinet, and he goes in, and it'd be hilarious to say he pulls out from underneath his side of the bed the turkey baster. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and then he, like, can't think of a place to hide it, so he runs into his closet with it. He's like, I think it was in the bathroom. We used it to help you dye your hair or something. Yeah. She's like, no. So then uh, the girlfriend and the friend go into the bathroom, and he hides it in his pants. Oh, that's the best spot for it, right? And then he comes out, and the friend catches him, looking like it's a gigantic bulge. Yeah. And uh, he's like, it's the pattern of the pants. I was just changing the pants. Yeah, it's not turkey baster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so then he goes back in high. And then he well, where's this at? Is this in development still, or are you going to... Yeah, it's, like, it's only got a couple scenes done. Mm-hmm. And then he... I want the end of the play to be... I don't mind spoiling it. The end of the play is that uh, when he finally gets fed up enough and he leaves, charges into the elevator... It's out of order and he falls to Oh, it's great. That's what I was, I, yeah. as, soon, as soon as you pitched it, like I yeah. could see the ending happening. Yeah. It could be a cool movie, too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so the, the end scene is that after everything's done, girlfriend might be horrified. She might be okay. And whatever happened to the play. Or she and, just goes about her life. Yeah. And then the she other... She looks f- down the elevator shaft. She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the friend says to her, you know the turkey baster was down his pants, right? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. That's yeah. just the end of it. I like that. Um, writer's block is hard to get by. So I have it sometimes, too. And the one thing I could always say is you can't force writing. You really can't. You can't force yourself. That You can do it. You can force yourself to sit down here and write stuff, but it can come out dribble. You know, like, you have to be inspired by something or you have to be in the right mood or, you know what I mean? It's it's a hard thing. But I, I mean, I love being around writers. I love, you know, the whole creative process. And I, I just, I find it so interesting that there's certain people who can do it and there's certain people who can't do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, um... That's probably one of the reasons that uh, you and I hit it off so well yeah. as a student teacher and now friends. Um, I am going to have to wrap this podcast up because i got to get back to work, but I uh, yeah. definitely want to go for a ride in that Volkswagen before right. we go. Take me uh, for a ride around the block. Uh, Stingle, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having Appreciate me. It. Um, good luck with all your future endeavors. Never tune your guitar. <laughs> never listen to what other people say. Uh, believe in humanity. And... Um, watch an extended cut of Castaway this evening. Right. My name's Bob. It's been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>